This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle. Well, hello, everybody. This is Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio on this very last Thursday of May. Can you believe it? We're almost to summertime. We're almost to Memorial Day. So I hope everybody out there has been getting vaccinated and uh, still having good hygiene. Wash your hands as a former uh, ICU uh, ER nurse. Please, it's really important that you wash your hands just forever, like not just during a pandemic, but forever. Um, And I hope everyone starts off their summer really great. Um, And one of the ways to start off a great summer is to have like your to be red list. Um, and so I would, I am so excited that I have this author here today and, um, I, I can't even begin to express. So I'm just going to introduce her. Um, and I have get to talk to best-selling author Christine Feehan. So for as long as Christine can remember, she's been a writer. And lucky for us, she has put those multiple stories down. Her books have had a number one, um, that hit the number one New York Times bestselling list 15 times plus over over 50 books, like closer to 100 at this point. Uh, she has six, seven series that include the Leopard series, Dark series, Ghost Walker series, Drake Sister series, the Sisters of the Heart series, and her new Shadow series. And then she has other single titles as well. She lives in beautiful Northern California coast where she draws inspiration from the incre- incredible beauty of the region. And she loves dogs, people, good books, great coffee, and her fabulous, fabulous family. Um, she comes from a very big family. She has a very big family. And then, um, so she's got lots of love to go around. Her latest release, Storm Shadow, is the sixth book of the Storm Shadow Writer series and is out now. And you can find Christine at her website, Amazon, Facebook, Goodreads, and Instagram. Welcome to the show, Miss Christine Feehan. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you, Patricia. How are yes, you doing? I'm I'm good. I'm so excited to talk to you because, I mean, you just have this massive body of work. And I was going through your different series and when they came out, and you have all of this overlap. And I just have to ask, um, with you having 11 kids, did that help you juggle all the different series? Like you could put your brain in all these different places? (laughs) Because I have four, and I get it. I get the juggle. (laughs) Well, you definitely learn. I came from a big family, too. And you learn to, like, hear lots of conversations going at the same time. You learn to be aware of what's going on around you all the time. Like, you know, you can't just focus on one thing only because disaster might be happening in three different places. Yes. So, yes. and then I was in martial arts for years, years and right. years, and that teaches you the same thing. You have to be aware of what's going on around you. You have to, um, you know, absolutely know, uh, have discipline, which that writing requires. That you you have to sit your butt down in a chair and work. Right. So all of those things contributed to being able to focus and write. And then also um, being able to move from one world to the next. So, do you, when you plot out a series, do you plot one book at a time, or do you have this kind of this arch of, you know, where you know where you want it to go? When um, I plot a world, 
first. Mm-hmm. And okay. so I know what that world's going to be like. And then the couple generally tells the story, um, right. but there's an overall arc to what's happening within that world. Okay. So like you're plotting out a, um, a series, a TV series for the, for the season, or even the whole, like, however long it runs, where you want to get them from here to there at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. like um, something might be happening um, to, the, say, if I'm doing Torpedo, Inc., something might be happening to the members of the club or they're trying to find somebody who's after them that might take several books before they actually get to the bottom of that. But sure. meanwhile, each book is a, could be read as a standalone as far as the couples go, and there's just that one thread that, that arcs through all of the books. But it's really better. If, I mean, honestly, don't you love it that to read a series and you start and you're like, well, I have to know. You know, you got to know what that thread is that you're going through. So you want to know, you know, who is searching for whom or, or what's going down or who the bad person is. And sometimes it's the person that's been on the page quite a bit, and you, you sneak up on us every once in a right. while. Right. Well, you know, I'm somebody who loves – I love to read. I yeah. was born loving to read. I just I, – I, my very first – job was in a library so I could read all the books. I mean, I just love, love, love to read. And so if I find an author who's prolific, I'm so stoked about it. I just start reading everything that they've written, and that's the kind of person that I am. I just go, I'll I'll stay up all night reading, which is very bad for me, but I do it. Sometimes (laughs) you you just got to get that book hangover. It's just worth it. Yeah, it is. It truly is for me. So I'm not somebody who necessarily, you know, just wants one book from mm-hmm. somebody. I want 50 books from somebody. And right. I'm one of those awful people who, like, I get to the end of a book and I'm like, wait a minute, what's the matter with you? Like, go back to the closet and start writing. I feel like writing to them and go, come on. And, of course, people do that to me all the time. And I'm like, hey, i got to have a life. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. I know. So I know better than to write the author and say, get back in the closet and write. <laughs> I know. You know, I, I talked to an author years ago, and I had started reading her books when, you know, your kids get up at different hours of the night, and sometimes you just can't go back to sleep, so you read. Right. Um, which, like you're saying, just keeps you up, but it's worth it. Um, but I ended up seeing her at a conference years ago. It was Sabrina Jeffries, and I um, <laughs> I walked up to her, and you know how you're kind of starstruck initially because you meet that author that you've been spending all this time with, and uh, mm-hmm. you get to, like, say, oh, my gosh, it's you. Um, but I had told her that whenever a new book comes out, um, my kids eat sandwiches for dinner mm-hmm. and probably breakfast. Because it's like mom's reading, and so, um, so from then on, I was the sandwich lady when I'd see her, and it was so <laughs> funny to be the sandwich lady. Um, and it just—I know you have fans like that that come up to you and say, you know, I don't get any sleep when your books come out, and I'm totally for that. So that's got to feel good. It does feel good. I I remember the very first time that I got this letter, um, I was. I 
I just couldn't even believe it. I got this letter, and it said I was a goddess. And so I called my son, who was in high school, and I was like, son, he was a freshman, and I'm like, honey, look at this. Your mom is a goddess. Mm-hmm. And he looks at me and he says, Mom, you'd be a goddess if you did the laundry once in a while. Oh, and man. Went, okay. You know, Reality. they just make you humble. You really yeah. know <laughs> the reality of your situation really fast. You do. Oh, yeah. I, I I was lucky enough to get on a get to do a TV segment once a week or once a month here in San Antonio for book picks, and I remember I was feeling pretty good about myself, and and I was like, kids, you want to watch my you know you want to watch my segment? And they're like, meh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Thanks. <laughs> okay, reality. Yeah. Um, but speaking of having book hangovers, you have your your latest book of the Shadow Writers the Shadow series just came out the twenty fifth. Yes. So tell me what's going on in this book. Oh, I'm so excited about it because this is Emmanuel's book. She's the the youngest uh, of the Shadow Riders, the girl. She's the youngest member um, of the Ferraro family. And each of her brothers um, has gone before her and found the love of their life. And her, uh, the one man that she fell in love with, he betrayed her. And wow. just totally shattered her heart. And she stayed away from him for two years. And the thing about the writers, they have to produce children. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get married by a certain time, then you are obliged to, um, you know, have an arranged marriage. And she's approaching okay. that time. So... um and she knows it. So anyway, she uh, finds out. Um, she gets call, uh, this 911 call from uh, his, the, her, the man that she loves, Valentino, that uh, he's been shot during a hostile takeover uh, of his family's territory. And the first person she calls is her brother. Uh, Stefano, mm-hmm. who is the head of the entire Ferraro clan, and he, um, of course, comes. I mean, they all come. That's what the Ferraros yeah. do. They all band together, and um, so unfortunately, that puts her right back into his, you know, the spotlight. And all of her family is right there with her in the middle of this big war. And wow. It's it's quite the it's quite the story, and it was a lot of fun to write this whole thing about you know if you look one way, uh, are you the good guy, or if you turn it just a little bit, are they the good mm-hmm. guy? You know, it just right. depends upon who's looking through the lens. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's telling the story. Mm-hmm. And it was it yeah. was very interesting to write. Um, I always knew I was going to write that book, and it was sort of a Romeo and Juliet book of two, you know, two families who were enemies, and right. here the, this, these two people fell in love, and the families were like, "Oh no, you two cannot be together for really good reasons," and they did fall in love, and then this betrayal happened, and was it a real betrayal? And 
you know, what was the story behind it. And it it was really fun to, uh, you know, there were myths involved on both sides. There, sure. The Shadow Riders myth and then the Saldi's myth. And then how do you resolve this terrible situation? When you get stuck for different, I mean, because you're writing a lot of characters, you're juggling a lot of characters, a lot of worlds, a lot of books. Is it that do you go through that process of, I mean, obviously sometimes characters talk to you um, mm-hmm. and tell you what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. But other times I'm sure they get stuck or they're just being stubborn. They're not helping at all. Um, do, you, do you sit there and go, what is the worst thing I can do to these people? <laughs> or what is the best thing that can happen and then the worst thing? I mean, how do you guide them along the story or is it a is it a push and pull between you and where the characters want to go? Well, there's there's only three. There's when I first start a book, that's of course your most difficult thing because you sure. have to know your characters really, really, yeah. really well. And so, the first time when you're first writing, you say your hero, you have to know him inside and out so that everything that he does is consistent throughout the entire book, every move that he makes, everything that he says, then you have to do the same with her and then the right. same with your villain or your your villains, you know, whatever story. In my case, if I'm, right now I'm writing Ghostwalker stories. So the whoever they're coming up against, what's their, you know, reason for going after the Ghostwalkers? So I have to know why, yes. everything yes. about them. So the beginning can slow me down a little bit until I have all aspects in place and all my research because I try to make it as science-based as possible. So when people are reading it, they go, oh, yeah, this makes sense, when it's pretty paranormal in a lot of places. So then if I get stuck, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, the whole story stopped. Then I usually look at why did it stop? And I will tell you nine times out of ten, it's because my character reacted the way I would have reacted or wanted them to react for a certain reason. I wanted to take the story in a certain direction, and my characters would never have done what I had them do. You know, I was trying to take them that way, and they were like, I would never have done that. And so right. I have to go back and delete things I don't want to because it was perfect, of course. And now I have <laughs> well, to <yeah>. delete it <laughs> because they never would have done that. Or I inserted myself into the story because my heroine did not act in a way that I might have reacted in, you know, in that emotional scene. Mm-hmm. And once I delete myself out of there and think the way she would think, then the story moved ahead again. But then if I'm really annoyed with one of them, usually the man, because I like to keep them, then I torture them. (laughs) And then all is well again. I save them, and then it's okay. You've noticed that quite a few get tortured and shot. That's me being really annoyed with them. (laughs) Well, you know. You mm-hmm. can't do it in real life. There's this laws and stuff. So, I right. mean, you might as well fictitiously do it. Mm-hmm. it it's, I, I've talked to so many people who are like, I'm so glad that 
that I'm a writer because my search history would just really be concerning, you know, um, for, for different projects. Yeah. We, um, I, we, yeah. I was at dinner one night, and I had – there were seven authors at this dinner with me, and we were discussing murder at its best and how to get rid of bodies and how to not get caught. Yes. And all of us had various credentials, and we're just sitting there blithely talking, and then we sort of noticed that the tables around us had gone silent, and they were all staring at us. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, I think we're going to get kicked out of here pretty soon. This is a little bit worrisome. All righty. Yeah. yeah. Well, it is fun, though, because it's when I was going through nursing training and we were doing IV therapy, I kept asking. I was very early in deciding I did want to write. and But I kept asking the person who was who was teaching us, it's like, is that traceable? So if I inject that, is that traceable? Um, you know, it just – and. <laughs> You know, after, you know, half the day, she just collected me like, I can't believe we hired this person. Um, and finally, one of my classmates said, um, she's a writer. And, oh, okay, okay. So. Yeah, they're all crazy. It's all right. We'll yeah. just let her, let her be. Yeah, but I'm sure they were like, yeah, y'all keep an eye on that one because, you know, for a while, which is, it was fine. Um, but you do. I mean, you have to sit down and go, okay, if I turn left – then it goes this direction. Do I? Is that where I want to go? You know, and and mm-hmm. this is where I want to end up. So yeah, it's it's definitely the juggle. Um, mm-hmm. Do you do you write from beginning to end of the story? Do you write it in scenes and puzzle no, it together? No, I absolutely I mean, write from beginning to end. And okay. if somewhere in the middle of the book I realize that I have to have this thread going through it. I will start the thread in the middle of the book and keep okay. going. And then when I do my second pass through, I will I will put that thread in. I never go okay. back and do it because I'm writing fast. And okay. so um, I will just make a note to myself, add this in, and then I do it and catch up with myself somewhere in the middle of the book. Okay. I, I, how, do you, how do you not go down the rabbit hole of research? Because... You know oh, how I had to learn that because yeah. I love research. So I I found myself um, doing that so many times that I learned really fast uh, to pass a lot of it off to an assistant. And, oh, okay. I, you know, I farmed it out. And I would say, this is what I need, this precise thing, and get me this. And then I... I would get primary sources, and right. um, oh my gosh, sometimes you know I okay I consider myself an extremely intelligent person. I catch on fast to things. Let me yeah. tell you, and I've read. I always really liked to study hot viruses, but when yes. I did yes. Toxic Game, mm-hmm. I had uh, contacted. Uh, she was an amazing, amazing woman who, you know, studied hot fibers. She was one of the top people. And so she said, oh, sure, I'll help you. Send me your questions. And so I did. And she was going to put two of her assistants, who, by the way, had top credentials. So the three of them send me their notes. I could not 
decipher a single note. I am not kidding you. I felt like I was in kindergarten. So yeah. I finally had to, um, you know, write to her and say, you guys, you guys can have to dumb this down. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I totally do not understand a word you're saying. Yeah, pretend I'm five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it, it was way over my head, and I thought I knew so much about it. And yeah. I, and I didn't. So you can really get in over your head on some of these things, you know. Oh, for but, sure. And and they're so interesting. You know, the yeah. lightning yeah. lightning game, oh, my gosh, that was so interesting. That was hard to cut myself off there, even from what I was given by my, you know, uh, the people who helped me research. I was like, don't, don't keep clicking on links. Don't do it. Don't do it, Christine. <laughs> And I actually will give myself a time limit. Like okay. I will not. And then it's the same with, um, you know, what people will refer to as writer's block. Yeah. I give yeah. myself two hours. That's it. Okay. Okay. If I cannot go past two hours, then I'm like, okay, you go backwards and find out where you went, you derailed. If you cannot find it, then I have two or three friends who are writers, and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. here's my dilemma. I'm going to throw it out there. What do you guys think? And then right. they toss it around with me. And, um, you know, I trust them. If they're like, okay, you totally derailed here, then mm-hmm. I think it over. And nine times out of ten, they're right. Isn't that the best, though? To, I mean, to have those kind of friends that go, oh, yeah, here you are. Or mm-hmm. even just to brainstorm it. I mean, it just it is just so... That the brainstorming is just so wonderful. great because even if they don't hit on it, they trigger your brain into hitting yes. on it. Yes, exactly. That's what I love about it. They don't have to actually give you any solution, but they make your brain work again. Oh, yeah. There, I was very lucky to be on a panel years ago with a lady from Sisters in Crime, and, and my apologies to her, I don't remember what her name was, but she talked about why you need writer friends and why being part of a writing community is important. And she said because they were all out having coffee and one of the ladies in their group was going to go to Italy, and she was very excited because she and her husband were doing the second honeymoon and they are going to stay in this castle. And she couldn't wait to get there because she was going to go to the roof and see how hard she would have to push someone off the roof and where they would land on the pavement below. <laughs> and so... Everybody, because she wrote, obviously, mysteries, and so everyone's like, okay, but how high is the ledge, and are you pushing, is the person intoxicated, it's like, and they're all sitting in this coffee shop, like you mentioned, with your friends, um, and just brainstorming the possibilities, mm-hmm. yep. and I can't even imagine <laughs> what they came up with, but yeah, the brainstorming, like you're saying, it just triggers all sorts of possibilities. It does, and, it, and there's just that camaraderie, because writing is so isolating. You're yes. sitting there you know, for months and months and months by yourself in a room and no one's around you. And then when your book is released, you don't have any idea who's reading it and if they're enjoying it. I mean, sometimes I get these letters that just, I don't even know why the person wrote to me. Like on page 37, you have a typo. (laughs) Well, thank you. Did you enjoy the book? 
Right. <laughs> I mean, they don't say they enjoyed the book. And I spent months working on that book. Could you at right. least tell me if you liked it or not? <laughs> I no. absolutely loved your book. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it just seems like there's so many people who are just looking for something to be, I don't know. It, it seems like there's just such negativity. So that's what's so beautiful about getting to escape in the pages of a great story. Mm-hmm. And so if someone is reads your shadow writers, your, you know, your most recent shadow writers that just came out, but you've got two more books, you know, well, you've got a murder at sunrise Lake on June 29th coming out. And then yeah. you have dark, another dark series book coming out. Number 35 dark in November. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got two torpedo links. You've got January, uh, December, and then January. I do. I have um, uh, Annihilation Road. Uh, right. And then right after it, I have Savage Road. So back-to-back wow. books, yeah. But so how, I mean, as, how, yeah, how do you plot all this out, I mean, brain-wise? Do you write well, one book at a time? Know, I do. Well, you okay. know, here, I don't. I shouldn't have okay. said that. I write... <laughs> um, I have one book that I write during the day, and then um, I stop at 4 o'clock, and then I take a break, and I do all kinds of things. And then in the evening, around 7 or 8 o'clock, I will um, work on the Torpedo Ink books. And I started doing that um, because I started writing Torpedo Ink for myself, Mm-hmm. And I wasn't planning really on publishing them. They were um, some books, you know, that I sort of, uh, they're, they were originally, um, the whole premise was really because boys, when they're molested, are not treated the same way as girls are. I mean, that's right. the bottom line. And that's true. Um, so I kind of, wanted the roughest, toughest kind of guys that you could possibly be imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I wanted to show the effects of long-term, you know, problems and what would happen. And um, anyway, that's how the whole series was born. Right. And, um, so I started writing at night, and I had to train my brain. I, I went into a different room. I used a different computer. I sat oh, wow. down at the same time every, you know, and it took me two months before I could actually get any words on a page. <laughs> mm-hmm. And right. then I started right. writing. So I write at night um, now with one, you know, at the back end of a contract, and I write um, during the day at the front end of a contract. Okay. But Okay. Um, but Murder at Sunrise Lake, um, which is uh, the first standalone I've had in years, yes. uh, is that came about in a very interesting way. I have a daughter who lived in Bishop, up, you know, it's up uh, by Yosemite, up in okay. that area. And she would hike uh, the JMT Trail by her, so 287 miles, and, yes. you know, go up. Whitney, Summit Whitney, and she bouldered and um, did a lot of climbing, you know. And she had all these friends, that, women friends, who had these amazing jobs that you wouldn't think, you know, would be out in these um, areas that were pretty rugged. 
<clears throat> you know, head of search and rescue and did these, uh, you know, uh, crazy things. And right. so they're sitting around talking and, you know, you're way out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and in rugged country that is absolutely the most beautiful country you've ever been. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, what if there was a serial killer out here? Oh, for sure. And these accidents that they're talking about weren't really accidents. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, of course, they're having this great time, and I'm thinking, murder. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, Mom, you cannot come talk to my friends anymore. (laughs) Well, they did say, gee, now after meeting your mom, this explains a lot about you, Denise. But it was, they were so excited. You know, we were trying to find all the really great places that you could have a body. And, I mean, they they were really helpful about different, you know, the different jobs. And and um, it, it was amazing how much information I got from everybody and how helpful they were. And um, I had such a great um time putting this book together and it was it was really not only fun but um informative and yep. i had such a great time with it such a great time and i really really hope everybody loves it will you so. write more in the series did you leave it to where well, we could I expect possibly I, more i don't expect to do it as a series i do want to do i'd like to do another couple of standalones using some of the characters but not necessarily the setting or that kind of thing you know i like the characters and i might use um the characters from it uh just because the women were such powerful women Mm -hmm. and um i i gave them the ability to be in different places. Okay. So, okay. You know, I Yeah, I, it's it's an amazing world what they do. Um mm-hmm. it's uh it's a lot. And it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of things that people just really don't really don't know. Some of the no. stuff that they have to deal with and and yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Um, it's intense. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Were you able to read it? Did you get an arc? I didn't, but I would gladly take one so I can read it before it comes out the 29th. No, but I mean, I'll get it. I'll get it either way. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it either way. So, in the sense of not the arc, but the book. I'm not saying like you know, I you will give me I the book. I did not get my author copies either because uh, oh. I was going to, uh, you know, show one for uh, my what is it called? Uh, I have to do a. Yeah, Facebook Live, and I'm like, I didn't get any author copies. What the heck? I'm going to have to go to the gallery bookstore and (laughs) swipe one from there. Right, right. Isn't that awful? Well, it would be fun because you could take some pictures at the bookstore, too, of you getting your own book, and you could throw (laughs) that up on social media. (laughs) (laughs) My publisher, I didn't have any, so I had to go buy my own book. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Make it a day. Oh Throw coffee gosh. in there. It'll be fun. I know. Uh, I know. So so tell me, when we first started thinking about writing, 
I mean, you, you had always loved books. You'd written stories for your bio that when you were growing up, made all your sisters read them. But, I mean, what was the catalyst for you to say, I'm going to take that step to be a published author for my first book? Like, I know there's probably books that you have that will never see the light of day. But, I mean, like those first books we write. But what was that catalyst that made you say, you know what, I'm going to do this? You know, the truth of the matter is I um, I was a martial arts instructor. Mm-hmm. And um, I had several kids at home, and I uh, had a health issue, and I was not able to continue working as a doctor. And I had to uh, find a way to, you know, I had two other jobs going, but I wasn't making enough money to keep my house and support the kids. Mm -hmm. So um, my girlfriend said, hey, send in one of your stories. And at that time, I had written Dark Prince, and I said, um, they don't even take vampires in romance anymore, which mm-hmm. they weren't. There was no such, they weren't even taking them. They weren't even looking at them. And she just kept bugging me and bugging me. And honestly, I wasn't positive that I wanted to send in my books at I kind of felt like it was the last piece of my I was giving up of myself. And okay. I wasn't positive that I wanted to send that out there, but I did need money honestly <laughs> to give my kids some food. So, um you know, I I I didn't think in a million years that anybody would even look at that. And honestly, everybody passed at even looking at it because it said vampires. Uh Uh-huh. You know, until um, Dorchester and Alicia. And she called me and said that she wanted the book, and I hung up on her. Oh. I know. Oh, my gosh. I was so shocked and like I I honestly was like oh my god is she kidding me and I I was almost terrified and then she called back and said um I think I think we got disconnected and anyway so yeah I and you said you're right we did get disconnected but you know i there's there, i live so far out in the country there was no i rwa i didn't even know about rwa i had mm-hmm. no knowledge of it and so I, there was no chapter i didn't know anything about the business i you know i was flying blind on all of that stuff and actually in a way it stood me uh, in good stead, because when they were trying to negotiate a contract, I thought they were all crazy trying to get so many books out of me, and I refused to give them to them because yeah. I thought they wanted them all at the same time. So they kept up the right. money. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this woman's really tough. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just stupid. <laughs> Hey, you know what? It's I'd call it ignorance. Just stupidity oh is like purposely gosh. not learning. You, oh you definitely learn the business. 
<laughs> well, I I did, and that was because um, Jane Incrance was such a caring, kind, wonderful person to me. She um, reached out to me right away and gave me some amazing advice, and she's always done that. Um, and because of that, you know, right from the very beginning, I have tried to be the same way to any new author who's reached out to me. I've tried to give them advice yeah. and as much as I could because she really helped me um, mm-hmm. during periods of time when I I was floundering and didn't know what to do or what direction to go in. I mean, I really, truly didn't know any other authors. I mean, I didn't know her. She just came up to me and said, you know, these are things that I think you're going to need to know. Yeah. And she didn't have to do that. I was a perfect stranger. Mm-hmm. And she just was so kind. It it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely makes I a difference. I can't imagine too many people doing that and she just she just was. And the crazy part was uh, you talk about somebody who was tongue-tied. She has always been one of my favorite authors, and mm-hmm. I couldn't even speak when she walked up to me. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, but those moments are so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, just so fabulous and, and fun. And, and it's interesting because it's like we all obviously have plenty of words to use. We were writers and and a lot of times are very good about using them, but man, there's just it, there are people that definitely um make us unable to speak. Yes. So uh it's it's a very interesting position to be in. So mm-hmm. I looked up your um you did martial arts in your the Tang Soo Do. Um mm-hmm. that's a Korean martial art. It yes. and I was looking it up and it uses some of the same methods like Kung Fu. Are you, you using your op- opponent's momentum against them? Is that Sometimes kind of part depends. of the... It, yeah, yeah it, just, it depends upon, uh, you know, what's coming at you, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I did that particular type of martial art for many, many years. And mm-hmm. um, now I am pretty old. And I don't quite go around doing the same thing. <laughs> well, but you are a good speaker about it and, you know, people empowering themselves. Like you've talked about, the women in your books are a powerfully strong women. And, and it's not like they come at you straight on in the sense of, I don't know, like, you know, an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. But there's definitely and, – and they will confront. They're not afraid of the confrontation. Um but no, and I truly believe yeah. that women should um, at least take some form of self-defense. You don't, if you take martial arts, it's different than taking self-defense. You can learn, yes. you know, four or five or six self-defense techniques and practice them until they're automatic, and that will be good enough mm-hmm. to get you yeah. out of the situation. Right. You know. You you just need to be aware. Your brain is your greatest weapon, and mm-hmm. if you cannot panic and think, you you're gonna. That's gonna give you a fifty-fifty chance right there. You, right. Most people panic in a in 
a situation because they've never thought about what what do I do? What would I do? Mm-hmm. If you can think those things through sort of ahead of time or talk about them. I always talked about them with my kids and they knew what to do ahead of time and because we talked about it. Right. I wasn't right. ever afraid to talk about any no subject was you know off limits with my children. Sometimes they were uncomfortable for me especially yeah. with my sons, but I would talk about them with them if they brought it up. I was okay, let's go, let's do it. And yeah, certainly that's that, important. Yes, it is. I really believe that. And I know it's hard. I mean, my mom talked to me about a variety of things and yeah, you're right. It it may be uncomfortable, but I mean, you got to you got to talk about it cuz if you don't answer their questions, they're going to go to someone else. And if that person may not have a clue. So, our well, gives terrible advice. Well, my great-grandchild um, the other day, she FaceTimed me. And she mm-hmm. was kind of crying. And she said, I need you to, to cheer me up. You always cheer me up. It was really late her time. And she had been pillow fighting. And mm-hmm. her daddy had smacked her with a pillow in her face. And she didn't like it. And she told him to stop. And mm-hmm. um, he smacked her again. And he wasn't hitting her hard, but he smacked her again. And she put up her hand and said, stop. And he laughed and he whacked her one. And okay. she got really upset. And, she's, and she, then Mommy said, Daddy, she said all the things that we taught her to say. And you yeah. did not do And then he immediately said, you're right, I didn't. And he apologized to her. That's good. I should have stopped immediately, you're right. But she was very upset, and so she called me, and she said, I said, stop. And and she told me all the things she said. And I said, Aurora, you you did what you were supposed to do. You said stop. But not... Always, sometimes, sometimes when you're with somebody, they might not stop. And you have to keep going. You have to be firm. And right. you have to say, I told you to stop, and I mean it. Yeah. You stop right now. And you have to know that they will have consequences if they have to know they will have consequences if they don't stop. And she's just a little girl. She's only five. Mm-hmm. But you have to start teaching them, you know, she had to put her hand up and you know, we teach them, you put your hand up and you say, No, you stop and her daddy is really good usually about saying you're you know, that you did the right thing and he stops immediately. But, you know, they'd been having fun and he went past that and he Mm -hmm. came back and he went through it with her again and he said you did really well and I went past what I should have done and so they went over the scenario a couple times later when she went that's beautiful yeah so I mean stand up for yourself right I mean mm -hmm. empowerment is huge and and Mm -hmm. you have such empowering women in your books I mean you have great guys too but it, it's really cool to see the, the stories you weave and you give those women, you, you empower them. 
just like you for the the murder at Sunrise Lake is coming up. It's going to be amazing, and and your shadow writers, I mean, the women have a very strong presence. So it, it's really cool to to read Thank and you. see. So I love it. Thank love you. it. Well, I mean, we've been talking for 45 minutes, and I feel like we could talk for much longer, but I know you have a life outside of this. So I wanted to say thank you so much for coming today. Well, I appreciate you so much for having me. Thank you, Patricia. And one day we'll meet up in person and have a cup of tea. I would love that. So very good, a very good cup of coffee of some sorts. That's so, right. Yes, I would be- love coffee, too. Yes, ma'am. So as for all of you who have been listening, we've been talking to best-selling author Christine Feehan, and her latest book from the Shadow Writers uh, series, Storm Shadow, is out now. And then her next book, Murder at Sunrise Lake, will be out June 29th. She also has three other books coming out by January, so check them out. You can pre-order them now. And everybody, keep on reading, stay safe, and have a great Memorial Day weekend. This has been Patricia W. Fisher with Readers Entertainment Radio. This show brought to you by Circle of Seven Productions, www.cosproductions.com. Please be sure to subscribe and welcome to our circle.